Welcome to episode 536 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by the Eventing Riders Association of North America. We would like to thank our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. You will find everything for your eventing needs at bitofbritain.com. I'm Liz Halliday-Sharp, coming to you this week from sunny Florida. And I'm Paul Tapner, coming to you this week from Wiltshire in the UK. This week on the show, we speak to groundbreaking Adelaide winner Hazel Shannon, who is fresh off of her second win on the same horse at this epic Australian four-star. Then we speak to Catherine Coleman from the USA, who's just taken her first CCI three-star career win at the Ocala Jockey Club. And you know what, Liz? We also need to speak to the one and only Liz Halliday-Sharp, who is also a winner <laughs> at the three-star at a Carla Jockey Club. Yay, Yay, Liz. Go, Liz. Go, Liz. Go, Blackie. <laughs> Yay. So uh, we speak to Catherine Coleman in a minute, and she won the long course three-star. But you were super speedy on Fernhill by night to take the short course CIC three-star. So, um, yeah, it's pretty impressive, Liz. You must be happy. Oh, thank you. No, absolutely thrilled to bits with him. I mean, he's a horse that's been with me for six years now, and it's actually the first time we finally won a three-star together. He's been second a lot of times in Europe and over here. And um, yeah, no, I was really happy. And there were a few questions on the course that were really serious. It was kind of a a mixed course where he sort of had a few straightforward tables and then some really serious questions. And he, he did answer all those questions well. And I feel like he's, uh, he's had the best season he's ever had actually at the ripe old age of 15. So I'm, I'm very proud of him and he, he very much deserves to have finally taken home a win. Indeed. It's always nice to have a win and it's nice to have a win on a, on a, an old season campaigner like that. And certainly that, um, you know, if he's on in form, why not continue with that form? And uh, am I right in guessing that you only do the short courses with him now? I do. Yeah, I've sort of kind of aimed him for the right events. You know, we, we've aimed for a lot of the ERM series this year, which was really fun. And he had some good results there. And um, he did the Carolina International earlier in the year, which has great prize money. And he was second there. And and then sort of we thought there went, after he'd done um, his last ERM, there wasn't really or actually he did the Nations Cup at Mill Street, and there wasn't really anything else worth running him in in the UK. So it was maybe a little bit too long of a gap for him. He did, towards the end of the course, he was just like, geez, I've been galloping pretty fast for a while here, having not run in 12 weeks. But um, but really, I think it's kept him fresher and happier about his job, and sort of he gets to the party excited to to excited to play, really, now. So it's, it's nice. I think sometimes you've got to just listen to your horse, and this is his sort of niche really he's competitive at the short three stars so why not let him keep doing it yeah most definitely very competitive because in the lead the whole way through you know winning after the dressage in the lead after the show jumping in the lead after the cross country it doesn't get any better than that no and i think my goal when i come over to the u.s now i mean some of these events there aren't a huge amount of competitors i think we had i don't know 12 or 15 in the cic and but my real goal is to always come away with the score that would be competitive anywhere in the world i mean that's sort of how i look at it because sometimes it can be easier to to win an event with not many people in it in the usa so like i say i always sit back and say would that score have been competitive and i think he finished on a 30.0 and you know i'd like to think that would have him 
right up there at a lot of events uh, around the world at three star levels. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm pleased with that. I think if had I finished on a 45 and one, I, I wouldn't be feeling quite so good about it. But I'm I'm happy that he fought all the way through for me, and we sort of stayed competitive throughout. So that's that's really important. And uh, as every event rider, um, you were super busy. It just wasn't uh, the one horse that you had to focus on and, and take a win on. But uh, you had quite a few other horses that all did pretty well at Akala. Yeah, we had a really crazy weekend, actually, because we had to stable the two one-star horses who both belong to um, a lovely girl who's based with me named Prue Dawes. Um, and so we had those two there. And then we were shipping the three-star horses in and out of each day so i was really lucky to have a great team around me because it took a lot of people in lots of different places to make the whole thing come off and i think saturday was my craziest day they'd given me something like two cross countries and two three-star show jumpings all within an hour and a half or something ridiculous like that and um it really it really took some organizing to get through everything but um but yeah yeah we got it done the horses were all fantastic the one-star horses finished second and sixth um both on finished on the dressage scores and De Niro Z was there for a bit of a play to show that he's uh, back on form and is jumping and he jumped an amazing clear round in the show jumping and was a bit wild in his dressage but he was very happy to be out so um, yeah it was great to uh, great to have them all there and then take a deep breath on Monday right before the Thanksgiving holiday Oh, well, we do like the fact that uh, the horses are enjoying themselves as much as the riders and as much as the owners. It's uh, certainly uh, one aspect of our sport that uh, the horses have to enjoy it because you can't force them to jump those big jumps, that's for sure. Absolutely, and um, certainly our horses are, are very much enjoying their little holiday now. I, was, I came past Blackie, who was having a, a well-deserved sleep in the field today with the sun shining on his back and i thought this is what's so nice for these horses is they can come out and enjoy their little holiday in the florida sun and uh, where we are in england now we'd probably have none of our horses turned out because it's just not enough land and on clay so that always makes me happy when we're here but paul enough about me because i i'm sitting i feel like i'm sitting here talking about myself and we have plenty of other exciting people to speak to so let's get straight to the show right after these words from our title sponsor a bit of britain <laughs> Hi, Glenda Geek here, founder of the Horse Radio Network, and we would like to take this opportunity to thank Bitter Britain for continuing to be our title sponsor for the Eventing Radio Show and for being one of the biggest supporters of eventing over the last three decades. If you need eventing supplies, there is no better place to go than BitterBritain.com. John and the entire gang are there to help you with everything you need for a successful eventing season, with the exception of the horse. You're on your own for that. Please support the company that supports you, BitterBritain.com, and like them on Facebook. Just search for Bitter Britain. Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show, all the way from Australia, it is the current Australian superstar of the eventing scene, Hazel Shannon. Hazel, welcome to the Eventing Radio Show. Oh, thanks, Paul. Hi, Paul and Liz. We were talking about the fantastic Adelaide four-star event, which, Hazel, you have become a history maker at by winning for the second time and the first person to ever do that. The first person to win twice on the same horse. There's been uh, I think four others who have won twice on different horses, but 
uh, my horse Clifford is the first one to do it twice. There you go. So the first one as a combination. Now uh, it's your. This was your third attempt at, at, at uh, Adelaide. Am I correct in uh, guessing that? It's actually fourth. We did uh, one the year before we won the first time. We've done the uh, the event bet- uh, last year, and we did it again this year. Okay, so he's a seriously well-seasoned campaigner, four times at the four-star level, twice a winner, 50% strike rate. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, he, he obviously uh, always thought of him as a superstar? Uh, definitely not. He, it took us a very long time to sort of realise how good he was. Um, he was, when we first started with him, he was just a thoroughbred off the track that was very quiet that we would use for the working pupils because we knew he would sort of plot along quietly. And I didn't have a horse, so I just was in the right place at the right time and started riding him. And I remember thinking at the beginning, oh, if I could, you know, keep him long enough to go one star, I was still going new to eventing. That would be great for me. So, um, yeah, it's been a huge surprise how he's turned out. Gosh, I, I'll, I'll bet it's been an incredible surprise. And, um, can you talk to us a little bit about uh, Adelaide. I know there was a, a lot of drama there this year. I think at first it looked like there was only two clear rounds. Um, all the 50 penalty issues again. Was was the course significantly different than you've seen it before? Or why do you think there were so many problems? Yeah, it's definitely the course was the toughest course I'd seen. Um, Mike Etherington-Smith had really stepped it up. The Everything was bigger and wider and narrower. And uh, the, the trickiest part was the combinations. There was lots of um, apex combinations like on difficult lines with difficult distances and uh, yeah it was just really hard to find a safe way through them um, I had the beauty of being able to watch quite a lot of riders um, in the beginning so my plans changed um, if I'd gone out first you know it would have been really hard having not had the information I had so it was um, we, we knew it was going to be tough after walking it so that wasn't really a surprise but things didn't really ride the way we were expecting them to, I guess. <clears throat> and Shannon, obviously your your horse has proven himself at Four Star. You've certainly proven yourself at, at Adelaide now with two wins, a, a monumentous uh, achievement. But it's the most difficult thing, I suppose, of being um, in Australia or, you know, wishing to compete outside of Adelaide or for all of us wanting to go to Adelaide is the quarantine issues with the horses, being able to travel. Are you now looking at maybe tackling one of the four stars in, in the rest of the world? Are you thinking about making that trip? Yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, we, yeah, we've done Adelaide four times. I think it's time to go um, and look at something else. Uh, the um, Clifford's owner, Terry Snow, who has, uh, he hasn't owned the horse for that long it's been a year now um i was about to lose a ride on him and terry snow very kindly um bought him for me to keep riding um and he's also uh going to help fund us to go overseas and travel so um that's opened up a whole uh, you know lot of doors for us which probably wouldn't have been a possibility uh, a few years ago so we're we're yeah we're making plans at the moment and trying to figure out what's the best thing to do for clifford and myself and hopefully you'll see us out there in the world soon. Wow, that's super exciting. So uh, not only are you busy celebrating uh, this historic win win with your horse, but you've obviously been celebrating for quite some time now, getting on a a new owner so that you can keep the ride on him. So that must have been a bit of a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, it was a huge roller coaster. Uh, Like, you know, it's hard having, you know, owners anywhere in the world, um, and especially in Australia. It's very rare 
for someone to um, do what Terry's done. So, uh, like, I sort of thought there was, you know, not much chance of me being able to keep the ride on Clifford. It was a huge surprise. And he has, yeah, Terry has been um, amazing to us. And I'll never be able to thank him enough for what he's done. Well, it seems like the thanks might have to keep coming as well because uh, it sounds like you might be uh, planning some overseas uh, campaigns with the horse as well. So, I mean, talk to us a little bit about that. That that sounds very exciting as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, next year we want to um, do something, one of the other four stars. Um, yeah, like I said, we're still planning and thinking, um, but I think we're, we want to um, – uh, ultimately, we want to ride for Australia, so we think getting some overseas experience might help that cause. Um, being select, you know, if we go well anyway. So, uh, yeah, we, I haven't got anything set in stone yet, but we are definitely thinking about it. So, come on, you've got to give us a little bit of an insight. <laughs> you're being a bit cagey here, Hazel. There must, you must be thinking about one of the four stars, especially if you're trying to ride for Australia. Give us give us a little bit of a hint. You must have started putting okay. some plans together because it's, yes, yes. it's well, a big deal to get your horse over, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're thinking of Kentucky um, next year. Oh, wow. Awesome. That's exciting. Now, yeah, that is a fantastic exciting. event. And I suppose it wouldn't... Is it easier? Tell me this. Is it easier to get the horses into the USA than it is to Britain. I don't know what the quarantine rules are going uh, from Australia over. I don't know if it's necessarily easier. I mean, I don't have much experience, but uh, I have, we have had some problems in the past from Australia, but um, uh, I think like we've done, you know, people have done it a few times now. So um, you know, I'll be speaking to people who know their way through that and um, trying to get it done as easily as possible. Yeah, I think the problem is not so much getting to uh, America, but it's certainly getting them home. Uh, it, you know, you have to come back via uh, Europe and spend some time there. So mm-hmm. I suspect that uh, after we've seen you at Kentucky, we might uh, end up seeing you in Europe uh, at some stage. So it's all, all you know, super exciting jet-setting lifestyle, and, and Liz is the ultimate jet-setter eventer. I mean, she just keeps bouncing from continent to continent. She can't decide whether she's American or European-based. And by the, She keeps asking about these quarantine laws. I think she's going to try and go out and do some Australian events as well. But uh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> talking about your, your Australian event and, and how you compare the Aussie events, which, you know, they get a little bit uh, isolated – you know, you, you must be looking at all the scores that you that you were achieving at Adelaide this year, comparing them to what the scores are here and thinking, oh, yeah, am I going to cut it or not? I mean, your dressage score was certainly very good in fifth place after dressage and then blinder of a cross country, moved up to second, but quite a lot of time penalties. And you mentioned earlier that you were um, able to change your tactics based on the fact that you were quite late to go in the class. So is that maybe a reflection of why you had so many time penalties? Um. No, probably not necessarily. Um, it's we. It's quite rare for us to have time penalties, so I was quite surprised by the end. But um, I think probably I was so focused on getting around that I um, probably you know wasted time in places I shouldn't have. He's also quite a, a strong horse, so if uh, some days he's stronger than others, and if he's a you know a bit stronger than normal, it just takes more time uh, setting up for fences and whatnot to um, yeah make sure we don't have any sort of awful moments um so i'd say he was a bit bit strong that would probably be why why he we had more time than normal um 
And yeah, just I should have been probably a bit more on the ball with um, being quicker between the fences. Yeah, but you were still very quick. I mean, for our listeners that don't know Adelaide, it is it is a difficult course to get time on, and nobody did. I mean, the the fastest time was nine point six time penalties, um, and yeah. you had some seventeen time penalties. So you know, and that still shot you up the rank into into second place after cross country. So it wasn't like you were you were slow because you won the event. Um, but uh, <laughs> but you know, there's still a lot of time penalties there, and you think, well, you know, that's it's it's a really difficult combinations i was just wondering that you know whether that was because uh because of like you said you you were had the hindsight of of seeing everybody else crashing out and yeah certainly yeah, yeah. you said that there was uh it was the toughest courses you've ever seen i mean there were some 24 starters which is a a very big field for an adelaide four star um but only um you know less than half of you finished so do you, do you think it was too tough or do you think it was just right um well i mean i think it's not great that we had so little amount of people uh, finishing. Um, sort of Mike Etherington Smith had said that he, this is what four stars are like. So, you know, if that is the case, we need to see them um, in here in Australia. Uh, like we have riders who travel overseas and they've sort of said, we have some events here that do stand up to events overseas, um, Sydney and Camden and Adelaide normally. So that's only three in Australia though. Um, so, having those riders going over and seeing what what you guys are jumping is really good for us. Um, I think maybe it would be nice if some of the difficult combinations had options on. So, you know, the people who were going there to do their first four stars and, you know, wanted to get around could have. Um, But, you know, if we need to see those sort of things, um, we should. So I think it was good. I think it was a good course. And out of, you know, there was a lot of problems, but there was no horses or riders hurt. So, I think that's really good, um, a really good building from Mike. Well, especially, I think that I completely agree. That's the most important thing in our sport now is that people come home, you know, healthy with, with horses for another day. But, but certainly, uh, you know, I commend Mike for making it a bit tougher because hopefully it's going to prepare you, you know, for your next goal. And certainly Kentucky has gotten a lot stronger through the years and, and has been quite tough the last couple of years. So perhaps yeah. this this last step at Adelaide will have prepared you for a really good go there. And um, Hazel, of course, a lot of our listeners are, are based in the US and Canada and will be very excited to see you and your horse competing at Kentucky if you can get over. So how can they follow you um, in the meantime and watch your progress? Are you on social media, Facebook, Twitter? Sell yourself to the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm not great at this. Uh, I have Facebook <laughs> and Instagram, um, just Hazel Shannon, and I try to to be g- good on social media. Um, and I'll, if you know, if I know people out there watching, I'll make a big effort. Fantastic! Thank you, Hazel. We look forward to seeing you hopefully at the Kentucky Horse Park next year. Keeping fingers crossed. And thank you very, very much for being on the Eventing Radio Show. The Eventing Riders Association of North America is the collective voice of riders, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com.
Joining us now on the eventing radio show is a woman who is very, very excited to have just taken her first CCI three-star win. It's Catherine Coleman from the USA. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, Catherine, you've just taken your first win at the Ocala Jockey Club at the very end of the season on just a nine-year-old horse. You must be very, very excited. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, no, it's it's such a good feeling. Um, I think, you know, it's it's a grueling sport a little bit sometimes. Everybody, you know, you work hard and it's, it's hard to get all, all the phases to come together on the day. Um, and I just have such a wonderful um, team behind me of, you know, players and vets and, and my grooms that do an amazing job and all work really hard. So um, I think it's just, it, you know, really, it's it's all for these kind of moments and it's it's super exciting and a super young horse. Um, I've always thought a lot of him and, and believed in him. So it's um, really cool, really good, good way to start your uh, CCI three-star debut. Well, I have to say, he's a horse that I have always noticed since you had him um, years ago. I saw you competing him, I think, in a novice in England, and I just thought, what a lovely horse. Um, he's called Monte Clasco, of course. Um, you got him from Bettina Hoy, if I'm correct. And um, yes. did you get him mm-hmm. as a six-year-old? Is that right? Yes, I got him as a as a six-year-old from Bettina. Um, and had uh, that year had the unfortunate um, event, went all the way down to Leon. And did a dressage test and then realized we, that we weren't qualified to be there. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was a bit of a disaster. Oh, wow. But they, uh, no, I guess that means they did not let you go past the dressage. Was that? Well, I got all the way to the dressage. I trotted up and did a dressage test. And, and he did a lovely dressage test, actually. I think we were sat second after the first day. Um, and then somehow realized at that point that that we weren't I guess because it's a championship you have to qualify together so even though he was qualified and I was qualified we we hadn't qualified together so we weren't qualified to be there um, oh wow but I suppose it's a long way to go for a French then. holiday <laughs> yeah exactly it's better to find out then than after I run him cross country though I suppose um but yeah he's just you know Bettina it's it's so lovely to get um you know, a young horse from someone like Bettina because she just, you know, the, all the basics are there and did, you know, such a wonderful job producing him. So, um, he's, you know, he caught my, I kind of, I actually hounded Bettina a little bit, um, and, and had to kind of, you know, convince her to, to sell him to me. And, um, I just, you know, I've just loved him from day one and, and he's really come into his own a lot this, this year. Um, I feel like he's grown up a lot. He's he's really learned to gallop, um, and just it, he's actually he's quite a lot of blood. But I feel like he hasn't really kind of looked and come into that until till this season. And and now he's just really he's looking the part. And he's so much stronger, and um, he's just a really really exciting horse. Well, any any horse at three star is exciting, but to win on a CCI debut is, is even more exciting. So, uh, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, I can, I can tell you are definitely on uh, cloud nine at the moment, uh, with all of this. And, um, you know, he's, 
he's at, I think Liz said earlier he's only nine, so he's his first season this season at at the three star level. But he's done quite mm-hmm. a lot in the in the US. It's not like he's uh, you know he's certainly ready. He's very experienced at this level, um, and mm-hmm. he obviously handled the trip over to the USA very easily. You know, so you're you're based in the UK a lot. Uh, and, and as you just alluded to, going over to the Europe and doing a lot of European events as well. Now, suddenly gone back over to the US. And uh, is this the horse's first trip to the US? Are you as jet-setting as our, as our co-host here, Liz, where you just travel from the <laughs> USA to the UK yeah. as much as you want? Well, this is, so this is my, my second season, actually, back in the US. Um, and, and the horse's second time back in the US. He was here. He came over last season as well. And that is a tradition that that, that will continue. Um, it's the I've always struggled with the English winters. And so once you once you see the light and realize that Florida is out here and this weather exists, <laughs> I think it's a bit I, hear you. I don't know if I'll <laughs> be able to go back. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, so, so this weather yeah. exists. <laughs> <laughs> it's it really is so nice it's and and i actually um because i i've been based in the uk for seven years and um i was really surprised last season when i came back actually how much florida really has to offer in terms of for the horses and the inventing and the competitions um it's it's grown it's grown a lot since i left um so it's a there's really a lot to do with the horses over here during this time so it's, it's, I find it very beneficial. And just explain to our listeners then um, how long you're then going to stay in the U.S. before you then ship presumably all of these horses back to the to the U.K. Have you have you taken a truckload or an airplane load or however it works, or is it is it just this horse <laughs> yeah. you've you've taken over? No, so I've brought six over with me, um, and I'm excited that I'll have uh, four horses at three star level this year, this season. Um, and then two young ones coming through and I will planning to stay through Bromont, uh, with the horses and then head back over after that. Um, so I've got, I've got plan one. Be Bromont, not Kentucky. Is that right? Or are you planning to maybe, yes, do you have no, something for Kentucky? No, it'll, do you know what? I'm not, uh, Monty is, he's not qualified for Kentucky, but I think I'll actually, I'd like to do another CCR on him. Um, cause he is young. Yeah. And for and sure. then shoot him for Rolex next year. Yeah, that, I think that probably that. makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, especially when they come out yeah. and they're so incredible as a nine-year-old. It's easy to get a little bit greedy, isn't it? So it does sound like a good plan. Yeah. And I've heard amazing things about Bromont. I, I just it's an event that I would really like to go to. So it sounds like you've got yeah, a nice long well. plan ahead. Yeah, exactly. And then and then. Uh, like I said, I'll head back over to the UK after that. And then I, I've got one, hopefully, that I'd like to take the Blenheim 8 and 9-year-olds um, and then, you know, do kind of the foot the fall over over there and then and then head back this way again. <laughs> so, Catherine, it's super exciting to have this horse. We keep saying that, but this is definitely your career highlight for yourself. Yes, definitely, definitely. And I think, that, you know, this is, to me, he's, He's a horse of a lifetime, really. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I think a lot of this horse, and I, I think, um, I think, hopefully, this is this is the first of of uh, lots of of good things to come from him. 
um, yeah, exactly. in America so and abroad. So. I was about to say, now that you've got a taste of winning at three-star international level, which not many people <laughs> ever achieve in their career, yeah. backed up by, you know, I think you said four horses at three-star. I mean, they're all going to come out and win now, aren't they? <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Um, no, it's a good bunch. I do have a good bunch. And I, I, like you said, I think, I think, um, a win is, is, I don't, um, underestimate how hard that is to achieve. Um, and I'm, you know, really excited about it. So, but we'll, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see, hopefully, hopefully they'll, they'll come out and do well. They've got big shoes to fall, to, to follow in now. So. Well, not only the horses, we'll but yourself as well. You have to keep up the profile now, you know, because, um, you know, you're, you're going to be well-known around the world now as this three-star. <laughs> you know, no pressure or anything. No pressure, right, Paul? No up. pressure. <laughs> now, all these other horses um, that you said you have, you did have another horse in the three-star at um, Akala as well, did I see? Yes, I did. Um, Billy Bandit uh, from, actually, uh, Flora Harris got him from Pippa. He's a billy horse. Um, and he's, he's super cute as well. It's, it's my, well, I just got him end of, or beginning this time last year. And then unfortunately he, um, with injury at Halton, he just, uh, whacked a stifle a bit in the water jump there. So he's been out most of the season. So he's kind of, um, another really cute, really exciting little horse, but, um, I haven't, I haven't had as much time with him, so I'll be looking forward to just kind of getting my, my teeth sunk in him this next season. Um, but he's he's very cute. But still did and a, good, have, uh, a good round in the short course three-star. So you had the win in the long course three-star at Akala, and then Billy Bandit was in the short course three-star. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. you know, these two, these other two three-stars, tell us a little bit about them. Um, the other one is Color Fast. Um, and he just did, he actually did his first three star at, uh, Wergham right before we left to come over. So, uh, he'll come out at three star next season. And, uh, he's, he's also really lovely. Um, Aoife had him, uh, and produced him to the, uh, two, the CCI two star level, um, before I just got him. And then the other one is an eight-year-old uh, Monbeg horse, Monbeg Sina, and and that's the one that will um, hopefully be headed to uh, blend eight nine-year-olds at the at the end of the season. Yeah, and he's he's a horse that I'm very fond of because he's of course the same sire as De Niro Z, so I'm always watching yeah, him. He's exactly. a super cool dude, isn't he? Oh, I do love him. And uh, Catherine, you've got quite you've got a real lineup for um, this year, and. Um, just sort of give our listeners, I love to ask this, but what would you say um, your top tip is for people that have, have just sort of stepped up to the level and are just getting a, a taste of success? Or, or do you have one sort of uh, top tip that you stick to that you try and um, that you try and uh, put into all of your horses that's helped to get you where you are? Um, ooh, top tip. <laughs> um, do you know what I think? It's just I just think it's perseverance, really. Um, I think it's really easy. It's really easy to get discouraged. It's it's really easy um, to to just kind of you know it's 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 very rare. I think that that all the all the parts come together and, and you manage to, to to pull a win out of the bag. I mean, I, I'm I'm still it, it's a little bit. I'm in disbelief. I think still in shock about it all. I uh, gotta let it sink in. But yeah, I mean, I just. 
uh, really just, you just got to keep plugging away and keep, keep knocking on the door and, uh, hopefully, you know, but one day all the stars align, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, um, I would just say perseverance, really. Perseverance is definitely um, a trait that is needed in bucket loads as a, an event rider or a top-level event rider, a pre- even an amateur event rider. You just need so much perseverance. So uh, that is definitely the case. Now, Catherine, now that you have superstar rocketed yourself into the uh, the <laughs> echelons of the famous event riders of the world, everybody's going to want to know all about your uh, antics of travelling between the US and the UK and, uh, you know, chasing that sunshine. So are you on Facebook? Are you on Twitter? Are you on Instagram, Snapchat, all of those things as a website? Sell yourself to our listeners. <laughs> um, I am on Facebook. It's uh, Catherine Coleman of Vintine um and instagram as well i I actually am not on twitter um i probably should be but um it's mainly facebook and and instagram really well we will uh double your uh your your followers and on facebook and instagram as they all scramble to to follow the Catherine coleman eventing and uh and follow your progress to your next win Well, that's it, folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Eventing Radio Show presented by the Eventing Riders Association of North America. You can learn more about Eventing Riders Association of North America at eraofna.com. Find the links to today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com. Of course, follow Eventing Radio on Facebook. Just search for The Eventing Radio Show and on Twitter at Eventing Radio. Listen to Eventing Radio anytime, anywhere with the free Horse Radio Network app for iPhone and Android devices. Just go to your app store and search for the Horse Radio Network. And you can also subscribe via iTunes. Thanks again to our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. I'm Liz Halliday-Sharp, and you can follow me on Facebook, Liz Halliday, on Twitter, at Liz Halliday, on Instagram, Liz Halliday-Sharp, and of course on our website, hseventing.com. And I've been tappers in your ears, and you can follow me on all of the social media channels as well, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. I'm not going to tell you the handles because I want to see who actually listens to the end (laughs) of the show, and I want someone to give me a tweet or a Facebook or an Instagram comment. But anyway... Thanks for listening. 